welcome to Flow With Flow, a contemporary dance podcast speaking to artists, performers and everybody in between. You can follow me on flow underscore wt underscore flow underscore. You'll find more information there and please message me, get involved, have a chat and I really hope you enjoy the podcast. doing i'm good i'm sorry i'm a little late i um my wi-fi is absolutely awful it's just terrible so um sorry as long as it vaguely holds for the next half hour or so i think that is exactly what it will be doing vaguely holding perfect well that's that's good enough to be honest that's good enough so what are you doing today um i'm doing this Mm -hmm. and then i'm going back to writing all day okay so that's probably what i'm going to be doing i'm writing out the plan for my next show um and i don't want to say what it's about yet mm-hmm. because this let's just you know it's sod's law i'm gonna say what it's about and then the idea tomorrow will completely change i know i know the direction the general i could say a general vague term but you're know, gonna be like that sounds terrible no um, it's always the way as soon as you say something it's your head changes its mind so that's okay i don't want to speak it into reality i'm looking at it that's why i keep looking off to the okay. side i have my cue cards okay it's oh. in there it's in the room it's in the room and it's staring at me it's present <laughs> yeah so talk to me about your current projects other than the ones you are not currently discussing which we'll just keep our eyes open for um i am currently i'm currently working on booking uh, my tour so i have i've got my first uh, evening professional evening of work um that is a double bill of uh two shows about processing painful emotions and about mental health um and so that is hoping i'm hoping to tour that this autumn we've sent the funding bid off and we've got some locations already and we're just trying to confirm the last few like um, again i'm not something i can I can say, I don't want to say, oh, we're performing here. And then they're like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing a tour for that, hopefully later this year, if everything goes to plan. I know it's very tough right now financially for everyone and for funding. So uh, hopefully, but hopefully. And other than that, I, uh, I just got back from Spain. I just got back from Spain, like, Two weeks ago, I got back from Spain. I was doing, I was a rehearsal director for a project out there. And other than that, I'm just being, uh, doing my usual of teaching. I teach around, teaching around, I teach contact and I'm reaching out to places, teaching across the UK and across Europe there. That's about, that's pretty much what I'm up to at the moment. Cool. So where are you based? I am based in the city of Birmingham. The city of Birmingham, beautiful. I was there quite recently. You were there recently? Just to see a friend. There's a lot of dancers in Birmingham, it seems. There's a ton, actually. There's um, I'm trying to get them all into one WhatsApp group at the moment, and it's proving incredibly difficult. Um, just yeah. to get everyone's names and fire and, but there is a lot. There's uh, we have about average about twenty people per pro class. 
mm-hmm. which is pretty good. Sometimes we once got 30, which was just insane. Um, especially for the studios, they're not huge warehouses, so um, it's really good. And Birmingham, I think, is the I was always kind of hesitant because I'm from the Midlands, the West Midlands, and I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to go to my closest city. I didn't want to like go off and then come basically go back home. So I was always hesitant about coming back. Uh, but then I've come back and it's been like the most welcoming, the warm. I've been I've been based in like four different cities for dance, and not this is not throwing shade at any of the other cities, but Birmingham by far has been the most welcoming, the most loving, most open. You know, despite some of the choreographers we've had here in the past, uh, it's actually uh, like the complete opposite, which is which is really lovely. And uh, I've never had more social. I've never been more social in my entire life. It's awful. Like it's brilliant. I can't financially afford to keep going out for drinks with this many people. It's insane. So you're in Birmingham. What are your main things like company, pro class, the things you run? As in me specifically, yeah, yes. Well, my I am by if I if I am one thing, I am a choreographer. Okay, and that is my main focus is making sure I'm making making sure I can can and am making work. Yes, um, but you know, there's I do a lot of teaching here. I sometimes cover for the contemporary technique class, mm-hmm. and as as well as I uh, help organize and run events and projects every so often here so we occasionally have things for called like a program called introducing for young fresh choreographers to get out we have um choreo match which happening again soon maybe i'm not supposed to say that but it's happening soon i can't i gotta say something um uh which is like helping people network like choreographers network with dancers dancers get work with random choreographer um a lot of networking and a lot of meetings that's the i'm sure you've had this with some of your other podcasts but uh i think choreography is the art of sending emails um and going and being in meetings not actually doing the thing that i'm supposed to be doing trying to get into a studio to do that thing yeah there's a lot of that um helping artists like start their choreographic mm-hmm. talk to me about it so what that like so i mean i i don't know if your interest is in choreography at all everyone everyone has at least a small interest in choreography and i a lot of what i like to do in both my personal time and on my in my professional capacity is to let people, even if they don't want to be the next Akram Khan or whatever, they want to be just, I want to make a piece and I want to tour it and then never do it ever again. I'm like, they they still need to get their heads around what the hell is funding? Um, how do I um, draw up a contract? Um, how do I do a budget? Um, what When I'm in the studio, how does my day work? Like, do I just get them to, because some people uh, copy other choreographers' process that they've been a part of. Some people want to do it different and they don't know how. Um, also, some people are from different countries, different countries, especially the warmer ones, work in different hours. So like when I, we were in Spain, we'd work from 11 till seven, mm-hmm. which is, you know, and in England we work nine till five. Mm-hmm. 
and also when we were in Spain we have a free hour lunch because people wanted to see siesta and it's like this is I'm I'm quite liking the the sound of your days <laughs> I want a free hour nap a free I got into the habit of a free hour nap it was amazing because you're because you could stay up till like 1 a.m because you only need like four or five hours sleep now yeah I can get behind this for sure mm-hmm sunny sleeping i mean where were you uh when the the lockdown happened i had just i was 16 and i had i was just moving to leeds ah so did you do your first um your first year was in like partial lockdown yeah so i did my first year of because i came to leeds when i was 16 so i did my first year of college in lockdown and my first year of Northern, which was Cert HE, I did the foundation course. So I did those two years, both partially in lockdown. That sucks. But I I had just finished a freelance job. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to be doing, I had graduated and I just, uh, I was working with company comedian as a freelance dancer with them. And then I performed with them and then four days later, Boom, everything. Boris announces it. We're all locked down. I have no other job to fall back on. I have no money, so I have to move away from, out of Manchester, move back in with my parents. And I can't audition for everything. And that, I quit dance. And it was the best thing I ever, and I that's when I t- learned to uh, relax because I, I just said, like, no, I'm not going back to dance. I, I hate it. So I've, that's absolutely amazing. I think if you don't hate it a little bit, do you love it? Do you know what I mean? I mean, you know, what was it they say? If um, loving someone is knowing is hating them more than anyone else in the world, something like that. I mean, I absolutely love dance. It's the first love of my life. It's the love of my life. Whenever I start dating anyone new, I tell them that like I'm already in a relationship with with dance. Like you got to understand that you're third wheeling here. Um, but I I hated the industry. With a, with a fiery passion because they were all as you were saying that they were going on and on about what about our pro class what about what about my training what about jobs how's it all gonna work and I was like people are being trapped with their abusive partner people are being trapped as I was at the time completely in isolation I lived with no one and I was like I I'm alone trapped in this prison cell um some kids were not able to see their friends and I've seen in young kids like friends of fam uh, family friends as kids like they're all um still adjusting to socializing and big crowds and a lot of us who had like, knew what it was like before are okay have readjusted but they're still some people are scared and you can see it in theaters and cinemas people still kind of don't want to go in yeah i um i didn't think i was going to come back at all uh, I knew I was going to love it for the rest of my life. And I would still see shows. I was not going to be one of these people who's like, I can't go to shows, it's too painful. It's like, nah, I'm going to every show. I, st- I was dating a dancer at the time and she was working on projects and I was her rehearsal director. I was still, I, I still entertained the idea of choreographing. I still went to shows, dance, theatre, everything all the time. But I was just like, my body is not doing this. I'm not engaging with the professional side. And then... Somehow I'm here now. I don't really remember how I got back in. Dance just pulled you back. 
It's like addiction, isn't it? You don't really know how you, you got back into it. You just started back up again. And also, like, I feel like when you're a dancer, you've put so much of your time and effort into it. It's like, I don't know. This is just who I am now. It's not even like what I do. It's just who I am. It's like. Mm. It's, a, it's a definitely a personality trait almost. <laughs> you can tell. Uh, I was taking a coach once to Brussels and at the same time, Sidi Labi had his intensive on. I wasn't going for that. I was just coincidentally going to Brussels. Um, and I could, I was like, dancer, 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 dancer. It's like, you can see they're wearing Korean pants or they're like just doing like this, the stretch on the, on the coach. And it's like, why? I don't, why are we so extra? I love it. I love it. And I hate it all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. A real love, hate relationship. And as for the mental health thing as well, like I trained, um, I'm a mental health advocate and I, I work very closely with mind, uh, here in Birmingham but also I have links with mind all over the country. And a lot of my project is all about male mental health. And that was, uh, so one of the two of my double bill is about male mental health. And that's because I only have brothers and I was living with my dad, my three brothers and my mum. And for a year and a half, for about a year, six months, I was with men and I'm pretty good at processing and handling and expressing my emotions my brother's not so much my dad definitely not uh so just seeing uh all of these like guys and this all and a men in a house just getting kind of worse was eye-opening and so I saw that's why I trained in men um mental health first aid and I'm mental health advocate or preaching about male mental health a lot but also doing a lot more work with the LGBTQ um, mental health and stuff. And also seeing that there's loads of crossover in all areas. As uh, another thing, I think the dance industry, it's really after COVID, we're all coming out and now there's Brexit and then the cost of living crisis, we're all like just fighting off wave after wave of thing. And uh, I, in this meeting I had the other day, they're like, what do you think the biggest problem of the arts industry is recently? I was like, they, we just can't get like five minutes, like to five minutes. I just want two year, a two year period, a one year period, a one year period of nothing going wrong. And it's not even politically anymore. It's just the world. So you went to Northern. Now you're where you are, the between. Okay. So um, I got the, I was lucky enough to, when Company Comedian were doing their apprenticeship through Northern, I managed to get that. And um, I went off and worked, was a, their apprentice for a year and did the master's at Northern. And then afterwards, Comedian kept me on as a freelancer. So I was performing and touring with them and doing little bits here and there with them. COVID happened. Oh, I will also say before that, in that six month period between six month, eight month, nine month period of finishing with Chameleon and working with them till COVID, I did about 14 auditions. And got cut at the first cut for every single one apart from two. But those two were Hoffair, Schechter, and DV8. I got to the end for both. So I was like, I don't know if that's a like all these companies from very small to very big were all cutting me immediately. But then two of like the biggest companies in the world kept me till the end. So I was like, I've I'm I'm like, I'm meant for big stages. That's what it is. I'm I'm this is this is how they needed me to face in shining light. Yeah, so. it's like I work better in big mm -hmm. in big important people. <laughs> I work better with fame. I work better with fame. I think we all do. But uh 
that was the that's what I took away from that um I don't know I don't I think I just was lucky on those days like we all are with auditions it's just completely random and then I then yeah lockdown happened I lived with my family for a bit I didn't like that so I moved to Austria um I joined like this big uh, I quit dance and I'd moved to Austria I did this whole I joined like an artist collective and community so there was five beds and between seven and nine of us the day it would range and we would be a lot of people sharing beds sharing clothes eating together or like sleeping like three of us in a bed sometimes and it was just like a real like I was living with a musician a sculptor a performance artist um someone who did coding a painter another dancer and it was just all of these minds and there was a show every night and the rent was so cheap I was paying 100 euros a month in rent and so my biggest expense was beer it was amazing um and that was when I think but yeah and I was working there and I really I think that's when I unlearned a lot of things that I held to be true like there's no right and wrong in art and I, for some reason I'm still holding on to these things like well this is right this is wrong and it can get very painful or annoying with my friends especially when they want to talk about like politics or something they're like mm. like I have an opinion but I'm like yeah sure yes your opinion they're welcome to that and um I'm not very good at standing up like this is the truth this is right because I like I unlearned a lot of that and I'm not saying that's right or wrong it's just I just stopped thinking that way um and you know thinking approaching thinking of succeeding and being a big artist and big name no longer appeals it'd be nice um yes and then no, I just lost a lot of I lost the passion that I had before and it was replaced by a passion of genuine love like I think I was somewhere along the line of my training and trying to get validation for auditions and stuff I had lost my way a bit and now I you know I just got a completely different perspective the European perspective I suppose you could call it um and then I was there I moved then my mum got ill and uh, she was started going blind so I had to move back to England I was her carer for the last two years. My grandma died last year, which is sad, but left my mum enough money to have surgery on her eyes so she can now see again. And I was able to move to Birmingham, who welcomed me with open arms because I've been doing class with them whilst I was looking after my mum. And they welcomed me. That's where I am now. What a beautiful story. Yeah, and I think as well, learning that I'm the oldest of my brothers, uh, but they're all going off, doing their careers, and I was like, I can... You know, my career, I can put that on hold. And my, I still was able to get funding and do projects. And But I was I was living at home. I was after my mother. And my dad was there. He was help, He he was the full-time carer. I was the part-time carer. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, you're, sometimes your life's like, oh, I guess I can't tour the world with Scottish at the moment. I have to, I mean, that was not, that, that, not that that was an option for me. But, like, I can't perform with Akram Khan for two years now because I got a I have personal shit I gotta deal with yeah and like you said you're a you're a person and a son and a partner before you're a dancer you know? mm -hmm. and uh that sucks sometimes like, you know I'm not gonna deny that there were some nights I was like god mom I hate you but there's like I knew I was never gonna not do that mm -hmm. and um you know I you know I'm still I'm still very very young I've got a lot of time to, when I was 20, 
three, uh, I was being mentored by someone who's Akram Khan's composer, actually, now. And he was saying, um, you know what, man? I just started making it. And I'm 31. You've got loads of time. I was like, that's nice to know. And Hagi Yakira said something similar when she choreographed on, this, uh, on the second years when I was uh, in foundation myself. She was like, eh, who cares? Like, I got, I'm just like, it's like, you got time. It doesn't matter. As long as you're not dead, you've not been, you've not got killed yet. So that means you're not probably going to get killed. If you keep this trajectory, you'll be fine. It's kind of that. And that's, that's such a good reminder, because honestly, the fear, like, oh, my God, I'm too old already. And I'm like, Flo, you're literally 19. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stop. I'll literally, as soon as it turns, like, past 2 a.m., I'm like, oh, God, it's too late. You, you can't run out of time. There, when I was a chameleon, there was um, a dancer who... Um, it was a dancer who was in his 40s and he's still performing. He's still performing now. Um, I mean, on the Jungle Book Reimagined tour, they've, you've got some like, you know, some children. They've got some like 22 year olds and a few you're like, ah, but like 20, they've got, they got children on there. But they've also got like some guys who are, who are approaching 40. And, um, you know, it, do, it doesn't matter. Um, I think the most important thing to matter is if you want to still be dancing at 40, you've got to look after your knees and your hips and your neck and your back. Like all of the... I say that because my knees and my hips are already struggling. I've got a real pain on my like thoracic spine. Thoracic? This is thoracic, right? <laughs> yes, this is the thoracic. No one can see. Um, yeah, no, that's the thoracic. That's the one. Right there. <laughs> The thoracic, I've got some real pain there. And I'm like, is this it? Have I got a slip disc? This is it. This is it. Every time I get a little pain in my body, I'm always like, this is it. That's my career gone. I would extend that to that whole way of living your life is the exact same way when it comes to choreography or artistry. Like, I thought for a long time, I was choreographing all the time when I was at Northern. Um, and I thought for a long time, I was like, well, the biggest names don't make pieces with text in them. They make pure movement pieces to cool music, which is not wrong, but that's also a very limited view. But that was like, that's the kind of work I'm gonna make because that's the kind of work that I'm supposed to make if I want to be a success. And then, you know, during the whole COVID and I reassessed everything. And I make, I've made one of my, both the piece, both the pieces in my double bill use text. One of them is a pure dance thing with text being uh, narrated. And one of them is a dance theater show with act, some acting. Actually, I hired an actor. He plays one of the role. He plays like the focus role. And then I hired a dancer to play the other role. And um, I, I, named, I named my company Various Creations for that reason. I was like, I'm never going to make just one, one thing. And my company name is there to remind me, you can't do the same thing over and over and over again. You have to mix it up. So that's why I'm, just loop all the way back to the beginning, really struggling with writing my next show because I'm like, can't I just do what I did last time? And my brain's like, nah, you gotta, you gotta mix it up. If you can say it with words, then I don't think it needs to be made. That's my, it's maybe extreme opinion. But if you can say, I was like, this piece is about, this is about fear. Like, okay, well, fear, ha like, it's a real, that's a nice vague term. And you can say, that's great for the funding application. It's like, this show is about fear, blah, 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 blah.
but I could not tell you what the shows I make are specific. I couldn't say in words, but you will watch them, hopefully. And hopefully you'll watch them. And hopefully you'll watch them and you'll come away with like, yeah, I know what that's about. What's it about? Oh, oh, oh my God. Like, I felt Crystal Pite is perfect at do it, capturing this. If you've ever seen any of her work, you can say, oh, this is what happened. But he's like, what the, what the was that about? I don't know, I can't say this is about this. And I think that's what art is, it's a real big thing that art's supposed to do is be, make people think about stuff, really think about what, what was that saying? How do I feel about that? But yeah, that's, that's my take on it. Your hot take. We always need a hot take. My hot take. I think every podcast needs a hot take. Always. We always need a hot take on a bank holiday Monday. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, also, I was like, uh, well, I've done two auditions in my career as a choreographer. Like, I've led two auditions. And and I also used to cut show reels. That's how I was making a living when I was uh, freelancing. I used to, I cut, I've cut over 500 show reels for people. Never again. Um, but I definitely know, I've watched probably close to 2,000 showreels in my life. And I can definitely say that choreographers, from my perspective, and from people I've talked to, and they know who they want. You know you go to an audition and they know who they want already. That's because they've seen your showreel and they, that's that's enough. The fit, um, and that's already informed them. and. I don't know when choreographer and I can say from person I knew the dancers I was who were likely going to get the jobs with me from their showreels. It's not even all the people I they're, they're not all the people I invited to the audition. I'm just like these people, like, these three people are probably going to get, and I'll invite these other five or ten because I like them a lot and maybe they'll prove me wrong. Okay, this is good. This is helpful. Amazing. And then last thing. Because we could go on forever, I I feel. Yeah, I, I do. I I I I, lo I love talking about this stuff. So yeah. Um, advice. Leaving training, trying to make it in the dance industry. Uh, I said this to Verve actually when they came, when they performed in in the area. I was in their post show talk, and I said this to them. I said that um, when you graduate, you'll graduate in July, June, July time. And then you're maybe you won't do anything over summer and you'll start in September. That's not a bad idea. It's not a good idea. It's just that's somehow some people do it because they're used to the school system. But I will promise you that the next six months for the rest of your year after you graduated, if you're doing freelance, there will be no contracts because that's not when people get funding. That's when people tour. So no, no one's looking for dancers then. They start looking for dancers around January, February, January, February, March. This is not a blanket rule, but if you're like, where are all the auditions? And then you go to auditions for people like Scottish or Akram, you're not going to get that job. You might. But I think going to an audition, your first audition and hoping you're and getting the job is so rare. And people do it all the time. I think everything I say uh, has been proven wrong a hundred times. So that's another thing. But I went to loads of auditions. And I went to auditions I didn't even want the job for, just to get experience, get cut, get used to rejection. Some of the best dancers in my year are no longer dancing because they couldn't take the rejection over and over. And some of the people who no one thought were going to make it are working 
in massive companies because they 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 are like I got used to rejection my whole career. Uh, they're just like they're good at taking it, and they're like, okay, cool, I'm gonna get a coffee. Like they don't care. I think get, rejection's the most important thing. I went on loads of dates as well with people I knew I wasn't compatible with. Just to get used to rejection. That's quite. Funny. I was like, I didn't get used to rejection all forms. Um. Yeah, that's my key piece of advice, and um. Just because someone has had a career with Way McGregor and Russell Malifon and you know all these big Saddlers Wells associate artists doesn't mean that their career is more valuable or more important than someone who's only ever done little community theatre work up in the the very north of England. It's they're both very valuable, and um, there are no hierarchies really. Really, it's all kind of bullshit. It's just dancing. That's my advice. It's just dancing. And remember why you do it and love it. And keep loving it because no one else does. So you got to do that. The dance industry is going to keep walking without you. If you stop, it will keep walking without you. Um, so no one's going to hold your hand. Just keep loving it. Enjoy it. Amazing. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you very much for having me on here. No, of course. I felt I could carry on speaking for at least two hours, so it's best to stop myself. Imagine you just released like a two-hour podcast and it was like, who's this guy? It's so, so hard for me to keep them to half an hour. It does not happen. It takes so much work. If there's classes, I'll make sure I'm there. Definitely. Come to the class. It's, you'll see, and it's a, that'll be a great experience to see the community as well. Perfect. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. See you later. See you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you had a really good time. I'll see you next Tuesday. And again, you can check out more on the Instagram. Flow underscore WT underscore flow underscore. And until then, goodbye.